Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cavi Productions. Hello, and welcome back to the Conquest of Bliss. I am here with the ever-lovely Caitlin Edworthy. How are you today, Caitlin? I'm wonderful. How are you today? I am fucking stoked. Oh, you're allowed to swear on here, by the way. I am fucking stoked (laughs) to, uh, to have you on the podcast today. I have been wanting to ask you on for like ever, and then I am a scatterbrained, so I forget. Um, Caitlin is a longtime friend of mine, and in my opinion, kind of an expert on happiness. Um, We talk about a lot of things often, and when I first knew Caitlin, she presented as very, very happy, and now I know her to be genuinely happy, which is fantastic. So do you want to talk a little bit before about, uh, or a little bit about before Um, And then we'll talk a little bit about the event that kind of changed things for you. But did you feel like there was a lot of pressure to be a happy person before? Um, Yeah, I mean, so we grew up together, I'd say, like as teenagers, Mm -hmm. right, off and on um, hanging out. And we would always have really, really good times together. And those were always, you know, fantastically happy times. But there definitely were, you know, times that weren't genuinely happy. Um, mm-hmm. I know we used that word beforehand and, you know, um, I presented as happy, right? There's a good facade on being happy. And um, I think working in retail, that definitely made that um, something for me because you have to be happy all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has changed over the years, uh, my perspective of happiness and what it means to me and being truly happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think that for both of us at that time that we're talking about, there was a bit of an underlying sadness that kind of went with a lot of things, but there was a lot of happiness, like happy times, like like I would say even more more accurately, joyful times. Carefree times. Mm-hmm. We were, were able to be just our joyous selves, um, even though we had all of those like teen worries and all of the things that you know we had to worry about whether it was personal lives or non-personal lives um we were still a bit loose and Mm -hmm. have that um happiness you know around each other but that doesn't necessarily mean happy behind closed doors especially as a teenager exactly exactly there was like a lot of angst and stuff (laughs) and i think really the big thing for me, and let me know if this is true for you too. I assume that it is because I'm just that kind of guy. I assume things, um, make an ass out of us. Um, but, uh, I, uh, shit, I made a dumb joke and lost my train of thought. I do that a lot. Um, but, <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say like, I don't think that we had a foundation so that when things did go wrong, we were able to cope with them well. And I think that that's one of the big differences between the facade of happiness and seeking genuine happiness is that it's easy when things are light and you're hanging out with your friends and nothing's going wrong. But when things get hard and things get dark, that crumbles away because it's it's not solid. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I feel like the... Mm, the, the term of, uh, you always hear it, and I'm sure that you heard it a lot growing up, uh, you're so much older than you seem, or or sorry, <laughs> like you seem much older than you are, or um, like you're so wise before your age. And that has Old soul. Lot, <laughs> yeah, right? That has a lot to do with the traumas that we went through. Um, 
whether it be uh, like a major trauma for ourselves or if it was just, you know, something that, you know, just regular teenage angst, like you said, right? Um, but we don't have the tools to deal with that when we're that age. So we put on that facade and we put on those blanket faces of happy um, because we didn't have the ability to deal with mental health 15 years ago when we were teenagers. I think that's changed a lot now where yes. um, it's it's so, everybody's so open and honest. It, I feel in that realm, especially in teenagers now, mm-hmm. um, that we're able to have those conversations or they're able to have those open conversations and be more um, aware with how they're feeling and their, their happiness or the need to be happy. Um, yeah. So like, I see that so much too with, with teenagers, Gen Z, where the stigma is fading away. And I'm really, really happy about that. And the stigma was really, really strong in, in our youth for sure, where, you know, like if someone found out you were going to therapy, you always felt judged and people were like, why would you need therapy? That must be, you know? Yeah. Um, so can you tell me in the audience, um, just a little bit about when that, uh, mask, that facade started, sort of started to crumble and it wasn't enough anymore about, you know, some of the events that happened, if, if you, if you feel comfortable sharing, um, and, and what that looked like for you realizing that what you had wasn't genuine. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so going back to, to retail, because I have to put on the happy face, you know, six out of seven days of the week sometimes you feel just exhausted after um and it took me a long time and a lot of years to realize that that isn't genuinely happy and that is just something that like i was putting on for work or for friends or for family um and it's exhausting um i had to look into myself personally and and figure out you know what is valuable to me um, what is the vol or sorry, what is valuable in my life where I am, um, sorry, now I've lost my train of thought. Um, what's valuable when I'm going out with friends? Um, am I exhausting myself because I am just going out with friends for the fact that I feel like I need to go out with friends? Um, am I doing it truly because I want to be happy while I'm out with these people or am I making somebody else happy? Um, uh, so a couple years ago, but two and a half years ago now, my dad passed away. Um, I was working two jobs at that point in time, and I really didn't focus on myself. Um, mm-hmm. It put me into a pretty deep spiral of depression um, and anger. Um, I was confused. I didn't know what I was feeling, and I, I took a lot of time for myself. I mm-hmm. stopped working. I struggled with my physical health, my mental health, and I kind of secluded myself away from a lot of my friends and family until I was ready to be happy again. And those Mm. things took me a long time. Um, I have gone to therapy, counseling. I've talked to my friends and family. um, But it took people from the outside outside of my anger to tell me that they were noticing these things. Mm-hmm. My mom was noticing that I was an angry person and I didn't like that. I, I've never been viewed as an angry person. So having somebody so close to me say that, that really was like eye opening and mm-hmm. it, it kind of woke me up. 
Um, so I went to the doctor and took it in my own hands, made a plan um, for a lot of different aspects of my life, health, um, you know, activity, day-to-day things, um, medication, you know, eventually it's all these things that I've put together now that I have to make myself happy on a regular basis. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I am at a place now where I'm genuinely happy on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I have my down days, but I can wake up happy and appreciate what's in my life and not be angry anymore and not resent what's happening around me if I can't control it. Yeah. And, and something that you just said really piqued a thought for me. Um, and that's, I do have down days sometimes, and then you just moved on. And, and I really love that because I think, um, I always think of us as really similar. So if I say things about you, what I really mean is it's me and I assume it's also like you. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, for me, like for a really long time, I really struggled with the shame of down days right? Like we were talking about before, we both felt pressure to, to put on a mask, put on a facade, show, present as happy all the time. And so when I did have down days, I would feel like I was failing and that I had less value because, you know, people saw me as a happy person, same as you, you know, and if I couldn't do that, then I felt like I, I'd lost a bit of myself. But as, as you progress through the journey, you start to realize that some days are just meant for survival. Some days you just need to take care of yourself and that's as much a part of the process as the days that you're super successful. Absolutely. Um, 100%. When, when you're recovering, and it really is recovery, um, mm-hmm. whether it's from grief or just growth and, and learning who you are, um, there's a process, right? Um, you know, everyone talks about the, the steps of grieving and I find that those do relate to a lot of different aspects in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I still now being almost, uh, I would say I'm over two years on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, I take antidepressants and anxiety medication. Um, do I want to be on them forever? No, but they've helped me so much in being able to regulate what is happening and understand what's happening because I was confused for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, before my father passed away, I didn't have anxiety generally. Like that, that was something that I maybe dealt with once in a while when I was put under a situation that I couldn't control, but waking up with anxiety every day, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that was new and scary for me. Um, having to talk to people about that, that was new and scary. Um, but I would not be here if I didn't take those steps to, to, be here, right? If, if I didn't go to the doctor, if I didn't go to therapy, if I didn't take this life planning course that I took over the summer and learn some of the skills and the people that I met through that, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be the same person. And I'm not a different person than I was 10 years ago. I just feel like I know who I am more than I did 10 years ago. Absolutely. And that, that totally makes sense because you're in a lot of ways the same girl, brah. Um, (laughs) but, uh, one of the, one of the things that you said about medication, um, you didn't, okay. This is what I was understanding you to be saying, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, because, because I have similar thoughts on this is the, the medication thing is like you said, I don't want to be on it forever. And I think a lot of people, 
um, get misconceptions, right? Because there's two different things from what I understand. And again, if anyone's thinking, like, I'm not a doctor, I know that. But from what I understand, there's the physiological side and then there's the psychological side and they work in tandem really, really hard. Mm -hmm. So if the physiological side, for lack of a better term, breaks in some way, you know, PTSD, anxiety, all of these different things that can, that can happen. Um, in, it really, really affects the psychology heavily. And in order to get the psychology in a place where you can manage the physio, physiological side better, right? Because the psychology fires off, like your emotions fire off chemicals, which affects the physiology and the physiology uses those chemicals that affect the psychology, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes with medication, like medication can be short term, but you need you need one to fix the other. Yes. Um, you know, and and so like that's kind of what I was hearing you talk about, you know, is is I'll I'll take the medication so that I can get my things in order. You know, it's like using crutches when you break your leg. Like nobody ever Absolutely. feels shame about using crutches until your leg heals. For sure. I'm I why would I not utilize tools that are given to me? Um, there is a, uh, like there's so many misconceptions and, and things that people have against taking medications, um, or they're not using it properly or they're self-medicating once they are talking to a doctor, you know, they can change Mm -hmm. their doses on their own or they can get off of it on their own. And I'm, I'm so against that because you don't know what that medication was doing to you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason why that dose was given to you and you need to go to a doctor to figure that out. Um, being on medication forever isn't necessary mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Right? And, and sometimes it is. And even that shouldn't be a shame sentence for someone's whole absolutely life. Absolutely not. No, I absolutely was shamed when I first went on medication. I was shamed when I first went on medication. I, I didn't want to. I, mm-hmm. and I, um, for the first like month on top of trying to figure out my own internal thoughts. Now I'm dealing with all this medication that's being brought into my system, mm-hmm. um, changing doses. I felt like I was on drugs, like recreational drugs for mm-hmm. probably almost a whole month. And that is a really weird feeling. Yeah. It's so um, uncomfortable. Yeah. I was, I was house sitting. Um, and so I was staying alone um, and it was kind of perfect in the same sense as it was detrimental for me um, mm-hmm. because I was there with my own thoughts and I could suffer on my own and kind of realize that this is exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, right at that point in time is when I transitioned from retail to another position in a different um, working uh, environment. Yeah. And m- on top of dealing with other outside pressures and everything, my body couldn't handle it and it was shutting down. Um, and I didn't know what to do until I went to the doc. Actually, I went to the hospital and it took the, the ER doctor telling me that I didn't need to be there because I was just having anxiety for me to be like, there's something wrong with this. Like I'm clearly suffering. Yes. My mental health was making my physical health suffer, mm-hmm. but she, pretty much turned me away and it was like you're not in the right spot here mm. no help no here's you know some information on where you can go from here nothing 
Thankfully, I reached out to some other people and met a wonderful counselor through um, the Abbotsford uh, Mental Health Society. Okay. Um, and she was able to help me through a lot, um, make me understand certain things that I didn't understand, or even just see them in a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding why relationship, relationships that I had were failing or changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. Right, you're gonna lose people in your life when you're discovering who you are and when you're making yourself truly happy, and that's something that you're gonna struggle with. And I struggled with deeply, mm-hmm. um, but it has to be done to make yourself happy. Sometimes, does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. It reminds me of I don't know I don't know the exact quote or who said it, but um, I I heard something um, once about about people like different different types of relationships that we have and some like and it's all like rhymey and shit like the original quotes all like pretty but that's not what this is um (laughs) but basically like some some people are friends temporarily and some people like like as a lesson or as a role and you both play roles in each other's lives and you help bring people up you know to wherever they need to be and sometimes it can be a negative role sometimes it can be a positive role and then some people are friends for a lifetime and you never get to know who who's going to be what. Like think of all the different people that we knew when we were kids and how many, like, yeah, like we have a fantastic number of people that we're still in touch with, but how many people also faded away, but were important to us. Oh, absolutely. Right? And there's a quote that I says that all nice and succinctly, but I don't know what it is. It doesn't even matter at this point. Um, I, I'm thankful for all those relationships 15 years ago, um, 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Um, all of those relationships played a part in our adulthood, our growing up. Absolutely. But that doesn't necessarily mean they need to continue. Mm -hmm. As sad as that is to say, as heartbreaking as it is, um, not everything is forever. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. Um, and I did. Ha- I struggled with that for a long time. Um, people that are not in my life right now, that doesn't mean that they won't be gone forever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but in order for me to become okay with myself again, I needed to move on. Well, yeah. And there's a lot, uh, a lot to this whole conversation. Like, like you said, like sometimes people can come back in and I can definitely think of people in my past or even my current life who I had to step away and heal myself before I had the capacity to participate in a healthy relationship with pe- with people, mm-hmm. especially people where you have longstanding toxic dynamics, um, which I, you know, have absolutely participated in toxic dynamics, especially ones that started when we were kids, did I freeze on you? Or are you just like super no, still? Oh, I'm okay. super still, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was very invested in what you were saying. But yeah, like, so sometimes, you know, the only way to save a relationship is to step away from a toxic dynamic and have both people heal. And if both parties don't heal, then you can't necessarily recreate that dynamic. Sorry. My throat was getting like all gross and disgusting. Oh, good. Um, And then uh, the other thought that came to my mind too is like, in my experience, sometimes the biggest kindness you can do is walk away from someone who is behaving in a way that is harmful to you. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, because like, you know, when I was talking about toxic dynamics, regardless of who plays what role, if like, like hypothetically, let's say, let's say you and I, and then we don't have to involve anyone else. Um, so Love let's it. say I were super, super controlling friend. And I know that you, you probably know that I've had a few of those in my life. Um, but, uh, so let's say that I were a super controlling friend and I didn't want you to have any other friends and stuff. And then you chose to participate in that and allow me to be that way. Now, of course, I'm not trying to victim blame, but I couldn't do that if it weren't allowed by you, right? So if I need to address this behavior, if I'm going to, what is the word people use for that? Enabling, right? If you, if you continue to enable that, um, sometimes what I would need, and, and I know that this is true of, of some people and some people it won't work or whatever, but sometimes what someone needs is a shock to the system where someone says, actually, no. You know, someone who's been enabling them goes, actually, no, I'm not going to put up with this. If you want to be in my life, you have to come, you know, come back and then both people heal or whatever. Oh, I feel like I'm fucking rambling. My point is it can be a kindness to end a friendship. <laughs> no, absolutely. Sometimes it's a necessary thing. Um, I, over the last few months, especially have become very, um, assertive in my, um, thoughts. Um, I, if I've made up my mind about something and like, this is a general thing, obviously, right? This is more actually, sorry, I should say this is more of a personal thing. Mm -hmm. If I've made up my mind about a, a situation, um, that has happened between me and person X, um, you are not going to change my mind no matter what you say. Like I am 30 years old. I've made my own opinion at this point. And really you aren't part of the situation. So there's no need for you to give me your opinion. And it's not going to be valid at any point in time for me. Does that make sense? That does. That makes sense. Um, But it just, it's just helped me become more confident. Um, Another thing that I learned this year, this summer, um, I did a wonderful, wonderful class. Um, my friend Carly actually introduced me um, to this wonderful woman who hosts <laughs> a, a class called Think Big. And um, she is, um, she, she just opens you up to thinking it's just, it's so crazy the amount of different ways that you will think about your mental health or situations that you were in six months ago that, that ended a, a weird way that you wish that you could have thought about differently. And all of a sudden Steph has brought this out. Sorry, Steph is, is the, yeah. the teacher in the class. Um, <laughs> she brings it out in you and just gives you these tools to just, Think about it completely different. I started logging my food this summer. I started um, doing a daily uh, journal, sometimes a daily journal of what I would do. Um, she taught me how to say yes on my own terms. Um, Ooh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a problem of doing too much for everybody else. I will mm-hmm. exhaust myself to the point of just pure exhaustion, right? I can't do anything because I've done everything and anything for seven other people. Mm -hmm. And I just can't. And there's nothing left for you. There's nothing left for me. Um, And Steph 
gave the five of us this wonderful mantra of yes, but I can do it for you, but it has to be on my terms. I can drive you to the grocery store this week, but it's going to have to be on Tuesday evening when I have some free time. Mm-hmm. I can't drop everything I have for you right now, but I will get back to you. Oh man, that's so useful. I also used to struggle with people pleasing too. And what would happen even beyond the exhausting yourself thing is when people were making demands at the same time Yeah, and then nobody's happy with you and you're not happy with you and you don't even have the energy for self-care. No, that is very... Yeah, you're overbooking yourself and you're you're constantly worrying about the well-being of somebody else because you're trying to make them happy rather than making yourself happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so even these few little things that I have now, um, tools that I've gained over the last few months, they really do help you out. And you may not think about them on a day-to-day basis, but once in a while it'll pop into your mind and you're like, oh, right, yes, but I can say yes to you but I'm not going to jump up and do it right now because that's not convenient for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, except for this last minute podcast, that was very <laughs> convenient for me, <laughs> um, but there are boundaries and setting those boundaries will really make yourself truly happy in a certain mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So my question to you would be how much, how much pushback have you received with the yes, buts? I bet it's less than you expected. Oh, so much less. Um, I, I definitely don't utilize it as much as I should or as I could. Um, it's one of those things that it's it's like a habit you have to build, right? Until mm-hmm. you do it a couple times in a row, you're going to forget about it or it's going to be an afterthought. Um, but it is so much less stressful to have to... Uh, we'll put an example right now. Um, okay. I'm helping my mother sell a lot of things on Facebook Marketplace right now. We've got a lot of clutter in the house. We just need to get rid of some things. Um, I don't have a super busy schedule, but in order to make it work for the two of us, it was getting postponed and all this stuff. So I made a a deal with her. Yes, I'll help you, but I want you to organize it, put it, um, like write some information down on a pen and paper so that I have kind of an idea of what I'm posting on Facebook for you. And we'll set it a day, which was yesterday. And now I've posted everything. We're both happy. Right. But it was a stressful time because neither one of us could get together, even though we live in the same house right now, (laughs) there was just not enough time for us to get together and actually sit down and do it. So I said, yeah, here are my guidelines. And it worked perfectly. We were able to sit down yesterday, spend a couple hours posting things and it's gone great so far. But it took about three weeks to get there because it, there was no communication there. Mm-hmm. But the communication has made it a happy process for the two of us. Well, and isn't it interesting? Like, I always find it interesting. Like, there's some people for sure that are going to push back against boundaries in a really savage way and like that, that really dislike boundaries. But the average person, especially if you're creating boundaries but still exercising compassion, like, yes, I will help you. But <laughs> um, it's it's funny how our brains go, they're not going to accept this. This isn't going to work. And they make it seem like our, our brains, I mean, <laughs> make it seem like you're 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 doing something morally wrong by mm-hmm. not bending over and doing exactly what bending over is kind of a graphic um, idiom, isn't it? Extending uh, yourself. Yeah. Overextending. That's a much less sexual 
idiom. <laughs> um, <laughs> by not overextending yourself and, you know, like proving that you're willing to sacrifice everything um, and all that stuff. So like our brains will go, well, like nobody's going to like that. But realistically, not only do people accept it almost no problem, like, oh yeah, that's fair. But you also are able to develop your own mental wellness better, develop your own self-care better, and therefore actually able to help, you know, maybe a few people more often or more people, you know, and and so you end up actually um, being more, for lack of a better term, useful to your network by taking care of yourself but your brain will lie to you because it's ingrained, right? Because, I mean, especially, and I know that men deal with this as well, but especially young women are trained to be people pleasers often. Yes. So um, anyways, are there <laughs> are there any other uh, tools that, that really stuck out to you as being super, super useful for you in the process of, of finding that inner peace and that, that true happiness? Understanding that not understanding is okay. That's so true. Right? Like, I don't know what I'm going through 50% of the time. Right? Mm. My struggles are sometimes the same as other people's struggles. And sometimes they're different. We're not always going to relate. That's okay. Um, And taking a step back, like from relationships or really anything, whether it's overwhelming um, workloads or family dynamics, um, really anything. Like it is okay to step back and reevaluate what is important to you in that moment because what's important to you isn't necessarily what's important to another person Mm -hmm. or everybody else in the outside world. Well, and and what's interesting, too, is that, like, sometimes there are people who are trying, you know, to to prioritize you. Like, sometimes it's just that, you know, we, generally speaking, will prioritize ourselves, like, naturally in our brains. But sometimes there's people who are trying to prioritize you, but they don't understand what you need. For sure. Sure. And and I think, like, like, um, you know, talking about not knowing, not understanding is very, accepting that is a very powerful tool. Um, and then beyond that, you know, listening, even when you don't understand, you know, your body says, I need rest and you're, you know, like, I mean, at least I used to do, you know, well, I slept for, I slept for 10 hours last night and I haven't even gotten up and moved around. And so like, you, you like fight yourself on it because you don't understand. And it's like, well, maybe you don't need to. So I think that is super useful. For sure. And I know that um, something that we have said in the past, um, I made a point of saying it, um, there's a lot of fight or flight mentality. And I made a point of saying that we now as a whole have a fight and flight mentality, right? Mm. We want to battle and end it all at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? There is no saving anything anymore. I feel like things are so relationships are just so replaceable um that it that we don't feel like it's worth um fighting for fighting for right um we'll battle but we're not communicating our issues we're not um solving anything right we're we're just continuously fighting the same battle but nothing is coming from it 
That's a really um, interesting and, point. Yeah, and then it just turns into flight, right? We'll leave the situation. We don't solve any of the situations. And I've had to learn that, you know, you have to have the hard conversation sometimes. It's okay to flight. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But you you can't always get away from those hard conversations. And they need to be had to develop valuable relationships, especially now that we're in our 30s right? Mm -hmm. Like we're not getting any younger and whether your life is the quote unquote set in stone and you have a plan, um, that's going to change, right? Relationships are going to change. Things that you thought you were privy to aren't going to be around anymore. And you have to be prepared for that and understand that happiness isn't going to mean putting a smile on your face every day. Um, being okay every day. It's okay to sleep, like you said, 10 hours and not know what you want to do for the rest of the day and then go back to bed. I did that the other day. I slept all day mm-hmm. and it felt great. I needed it. My body was tired. Well, and and I mean, oh man, you said so many good things. And I'm sorry. I know I ramble. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not a bad thing. You said so many like helpful, helpful little pieces. Um, but what's what's super interesting to me um, is that when you first said fight and flight, I actually mm-hmm. misunderstood what you were well, not misunderstood. I thought I understood where you were going and didn't. Um, okay. I thought that you were gonna say we fight that situations happen, right? Like because people are constantly fighting reality. Yeah. And then when we're not successful at fighting the situation, we we run, <clears throat> which is also true. Um, but yeah, like. You're right. Like, I mean, a lot of things are treated as disposable and stuff, but I wonder, like, I wonder how much of that is just fear of fear because we don't know how to deal with it. I mean, we're, we're quite poorly equipped as a society to deal with mental wellness issues as they arise. Yeah, definitely. I was not given the tools to understand my mental health um, Mm -hmm. or my mental unhealth. Um, right. Not knowing where all of my anger and anxiety was coming from. I didn't know how to deal with those, um, especially because I didn't necessarily deal with it at a younger age. It only kind of came on a couple of years ago after my father passed away mm-hmm. um, and, and just not fully understanding any part of it, really. Like none of it made sense to me. And I, I kind of did have, like, I dealt with friends that had anxiety or, you know, you, you read things or you hear things, but like, I never dealt Second with hand. it. Yeah. Right. But I never really dealt with extreme, those extreme feelings myself. And I, I had to deal with a lot of it um, on my own because I didn't want to put that on somebody else. Oh man. Oh man. I feel like we could do like 15 podcasts with all the topics. Uh- right. <laughs> Cause yeah, like the, the anytime girl, we can chat for hours. Overcoming the uh, sense of being a burden is like, <laughs> very <laughs> much a like whole ass thing. <laughs> that is a whole ass thing. Yes. Um, yeah. Being a burden sucks. And I've never wanted to have to rely on somebody else. Um, there was something that, um, uh, Steph made a point. So every week we had homework in this class. Mm-hmm. And I actually I'll remember send, you doing the course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll send you links afterwards um, for her because she's amazing. Um, she does these master classes and like 
uh, or one-on-one classes. Like she just like, I, I can't speak highly enough of her. She is absolutely amazing. Um, so I'll send it to you so you can link it if you'd like. Yes. Um, but um, um, she made a point of making me realize that I always say, I'll find a way to make it work. I'm not well off. I'm not working right now. Um, which is totally fine. My own decisions. I've taken time for myself personally, um, you know, and I'm, I'm doing great in that, that sense. Um, but we were talking about budgets and things and, you know, she was asking me like, where am I, where's all this coming from to pay off my debt? We'll say, um, how are you going to do that? And, you know, my response is very casually. A lot of times I'll make it work. I'll figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. And she had to kind of stop me from saying that because that's not a really healthy way of thinking, right? You, you, you need a plan because some things you can figure out and they will just kind of like casually work themselves out. But probably 50% of the time, if not more, you're going to need a plan because if not, you're going to fail. Interesting. Um, uh... sorry, <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I just, I, I just find that interesting. So um, first of all, just quickly before I forget, Yes, I will absolutely put the links in the description so that people can access this uh, Steph person and Mm -hmm. uh, reach out to her if need be. Um, But yeah, I think that, like, I mean, definitely there are times where you need a plan, like Matt and I are moving in together and, you know, we needed somewhere to move and stuff like that. Um, But I've been moving so far away from that because I was always like, you know, a lot like Kylie in that, like, I want to have everything as organized as I can. So I was really bad at it, but unlike Kylie... But um, <laughs> but I would always try, and I've really been moving into a more flow state. So I just find it interesting that we're like going in opposite directions in that way. Um, yeah, but in the same sense, though, we're like our paths are so different, but they're they're kind of coming together in the same sense. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're we're so both landing around the same spot. Yeah, yeah. There's so many different aspects of our lives that are changing for both of us, but they're exciting avenues and, and things that are, they're bringing us physically apart, but they're bringing us closer together where we can celebrate each other. Um, Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, cry with each other if we need to, like there, there's always that relationship between you and I personally, specifically, right? Like that, that's great. Um, and you don't always have that with a lot of different people. So it's nice that, you know, we can relate in that sense there. Well, yeah, like, like that, that's absolutely true. Like I very much cherish our, uh, I know cherish seems like a really sappy word, but fuck it. Um, (laughs) I really cherish our friendship. And I mean, we've gone through, I mean, even recently some pretty, uh, interesting things together, despite being physically so far apart. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And, uh, and I think that like, regardless of how different our lives become, you and I are both number one, invested in our relationship with one another. Number two, big believers in, in communication, even if it's awkward and uncomfortable. Oh girl, we felt that one. And, uh, number three, I think that we are both very willing to give each other the benefit of the doubt. And I think that those three things almost almost regardless of what else a relationship looks like can save any, any friendship, even if things get rocky. And really they've only gotten rocky like one time between us. And it was like a half a minute and we just talked it out. Yeah. And it wasn't even rocky. It was more of just like a, 
oh moment. Like yeah, a, like a oh like someone a, else is being a butt face moment. <laughs> well, no, but I mean it wasn't even that. It was just like we 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 realized something and we figured it out and we moved on quite quickly, yeah, super said. quickly. Yeah, it, and it was all communication. If either one of us had had that conversation differently we wouldn't be here right now having this conversation. Yeah. And I mean, I actually like really kind of cherish that, that interaction that we had because before it's funny because before that we were talking less and then we started talking again. Like, I mean, and we've been friends for a while, but like we started once again talking like almost every day. (laughs) I just think that's really funny. Well, Um, absolutely. Considering the, the the dynamic of the situation that we were in, you would think that it would have broken us up and and separated us, but it really just made us bond and closer, which mm -hmm. is something that a lot of people don't get to say. Mm -hmm. Um, Conflict can be very much a blessing in a relationship. Oh, for sure. As long as it is um, dealt with properly, communicated, as adults, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding both sides of the situation. There was no malicious intent behind anything. It was, we'll say, a miscommunication. And that was it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love this part of the conversation. It's my favorite part so far. Yeah, nobody's going to understand it. <laughs> But it doesn't matter though, because it's 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 showing us once again. Actually, it's showing the audience once again how uh, close we can be, right? Mm-hmm. Like and like we are physically quite far apart, right? Yeah. Not 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 a whole lot of a distance, but like for but there's uh, an expensive ass boat between us. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I'm just getting Facebook messages that I'm I'm reading, so it just okay. Well, quickly, um, uh, do you want to play a game? Um, I would love to play a game. As long as it's not Saw. No. No, I did not like those movies. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That also brings me back to my teenage days. I was going to say, do you remember Dan? Dan Johnstone, the punk with the mohawk that I dated for a hot minute, early 20s. Around the same time you dated B. (laughs) Are we... Are we blocking that right out? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, I love your brother so much. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, anyways, he made me watch Saw. I think it was him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, it was him. I watched them with a with a boy named. I think I watched the majority majority of them with a boy named Tim. And I say boy because we were like 14, Kids, 15 yeah, yeah. years old. Yeah, um, and that was kind of like our thing. Like we just cuddled and watched Saw. But like, I would never How romantic. I know, uh, right? That <laughs> would something that I would do as an adult now. Let's not use Saw. Well, maybe like. How about how about this? How about I make you guess? Scottish slang words. I love it. All right. <laughs> I'm going to be horrible at it. It's okay. Um, so this is from culturetrip.com. 30 Scottish phrases you'll hear in Edinburgh. So Never been um, there. Me neither. So uh, let's start with an easy one. I. I? Yeah. Like, oh, like, like they're not referring to myself. I... No, it's A Y E. Oh, so A. No, it's I. It's for sure I. <laughs> okay, I'm 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 drawing a blank. I have no idea. It means yes, like I I Captain, you know, or something Scottish. But also pirates use it. Um, yeah. Okay. So like I actually used that recently, but like I think the way that 
Uh, yeah, if you had said I, I, I would have gotten it. <laughs> because if you said I, I just automatically went You're to the like, I, lassie. You know, okay, I'm not going to try and do a Scottish <laughs> accent. I'm not well, going to go there. Well, I could. I would love that. Um, <laughs> okay, blether. Blether. Does it have something to do with the weather? It has nothing to do with the weather. <laughs> blether, wow. the weather is good. Um, <laughs> Okay, um, blether. Is it like a bad time? No, it's catching up, gossiping, or talking for extended periods of time um, would all fall under the um, umbrella of having a blether. So basically what we've been doing for the last hour is having a blether. Well, it's been a great blether. <laughs> a um, blether and a half. <laughs> a blether and a half. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know how this is pronounced. Uh, pronounced but I, i'm gonna try chancer chancer you know you've really fucked me up on this one like we couldn't it's okay your topic <laughs> it's okay honestly so many people like they're like oh like nobody's ever confident and i think the most anyone's guess is like four out of five kind of thing or i don't well, know why i'm like batting zero right now <laughs> It's a person who takes a lot of risks, a risk taker. So they chance their luck. They're a real chancer. Oh, I mean, that one's pretty logical once you said the description. <laughs> All right. What about Dine? Dine. Spell it like for me. D-I-N-N-A-E. Maybe it's Dina. I don't know. I just think it's Dine. Oh, Lord, love a duck. I don't know, girl. <laughs> it means don't. So like... Dine forget to pack an umbrella. See, it's so much easier when you use it in a sentence. And I know that's like obviously the point. <laughs> okay, we're going to do one more. And this one's pretty well known. But if you don't know it, don't feel bad. Okay. Ken. Say it again. Ken. Like K-E-N. Like Barbie's hubby, you know, but not, that's not what it means. What? Um. <laughs> Nope, you stumped me. I have no idea. It means no. So like I didn't can would mean I don't know. You are speaking <laughs> a whole other language there, my love. I mean, and that's the interesting thing about Scottish in particular, right? Is because it's kind of a mix of English and uh, Gaelic or Gaelic. I don't know how to pronounce it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the interesting thing about, uh, about Scottish in particular. Um, in particular, <laughs> um, okay, I am... Hyper hashtag Red Bull. Okay. Anyway, sponsor <laughs> me. I would love that. Um, <laughs> is there anything that you want to add before uh, before I let you go? Um, I would like to thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about my happiness, um, and I hope that we get to come on and do it again because um, we have some fantastic conversations, and I would like to continue to get them out there and see what people. Uh, think of our dynamic duo. Yes, I also really, really enjoy talking to you and I miss you so much. Okay, I'll tell you all about that after, but I miss you so I mean, much. I miss you too, girl. <laughs> and uh, and no problem, of course. I've been, like I said, excited about this in my head since well before three hours ago when I asked you if you wanted to come on. Because <laughs> um, I'm a really good planner, you know, as we were talking about before. Uh, <laughs> it saves the day sometimes. So thank you so much for your time today, Caitlin. And thank you to my audience. I love you. Bye.